high. But this is my Bible. I will be taught the word of the Lord. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have. I will have exactly what it says I can have. Today, I will be taught the word of the Lord. I boldly declare that my eyes are alert. My ears are open. My heart is open. And I'm not going to sleep. That's the polo revision. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats in this place. Father, I just thank you right now. I thank you, God, that you are here with us. And Father, we just want to hear from you. God, I take off all flesh, God, so that you can be glorified in this place. And Lord, I ask you that you just use me, God. I ask that you you just talk through me and that you reach the hearts of your people. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, guess what? I have been assigned to continue the series. So we are talking today about God is. We heard that God is love. That was amazing. We also heard that God is light. I think that was probably the most, it just hit me. I had to wrestle with that one. And then God is jealous. After that, we found out he was jealous, not of, but for. That was a major key point. And then the last one was God is unchanging. Man, I think we all just left out of here with worship just all within us and and we gave God everything. So today I have been tasked with the message that God is father. Look at your neighbor and say, I got a daddy. Amen. The wonderful thing about God is that he is just so cool to me. See, I don't know what your God looks like this morning. Your God may look like Miyagi. Your God, in your mind, you may think that he looks like some old wrinkled man sitting on a throne with a cane that can barely stand up. But to me, my God doesn't age at all. I believe that God somewhat looks like me. I think he's cool. I think he's young. I think he's youthful. The Bible says in John 4, 24, that God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So that means he doesn't have skin. That simply means he doesn't age. So although he has always been God, he's not old. He's not decrepit. He still has power. And so since he's so cool, I kind of want to introduce you to the God that I know. Is that all right? I think it's real cool because here's the thing about God. God never celebrates birthdays. You ever thought about that? That God has never opened his eyes for the first time. We just came out of um, VBS. God has never went through God's preschool. He didn't go to God elementary. He didn't go through God's middle school. He didn't graduate as valedictorian of God's high school. And some kind of way, he just went on to become the dean of some God's university. That's not the God that we serve. When you try to wrap your mind around it, it's amazing that he has just always existed. Huh. Always. 
I find it funny that in the beginning the, uh, of the Genesis, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Notice it never said at the beginning. It said in the beginning, which means he didn't have a day one. One day he just decided to say, you know what, let that be light. I wonder how long did he just sit in the dark? <laughs> I think it's pretty safe to say that God is the first introvert. <laughs> he, he was all by himself. So guess what? Guess what? Word of truth. I got a surprise for you today, okay? Because God has given me a song of the Lord. And I want to act like I'm God. Can I just act like I'm God real quick? Okay, okay. All right, so give God some praise. All right. All right. So I'm about to show you how I envision God creating everything. Come on, let's do this. Let's do this. I'm going to show you. All right, let's go. God all by myself, God all by myself, God all by myself, I don't need no help, I'm God all by myself, I'm God all by myself, I'm God all by myself, I don't need no help, I'm God all by myself, I don't need no help, I spoke that light right there, you see that sky right there, fill it up, 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 fill it up. Fill it up, fill it up, fill it up. I'm God all by myself. I don't need no help. You see that water there? And them sea creatures there? Fill it up, fill it up, fill it up. Fill it up, fill it up, fill it up. Fill it up, fill it up, fill it up. Fill it up, fill it up, fill it up. I'm God all by myself. And I don't need no help. You see that land right there? The man almost right there. Fill it up, fill it up, fill it up. Fill it up, fill it up, fill it up. Fill it up, fill it up, fill it up. Fill it up, fill it up, fill it up. I'm God all by myself, and I don't need no hair. I took that day one and day five, I think I did that there. I'm God all by myself, and I don't need no hair. I took that day one and day five, I think I did that there. I did that there. I think that's how my God did it, and you can't tell me anything else. (laughs) day one to day five he just spoke everything into existence and he filled up everything that he spoke into he had the water and he filled it up he had the land and he filled it up and guess what he decided on day six to make adam and he says you know what i formed you out the dirt you're laying there in the dirt and i'm too much god to feel the water I'm too much God to feel the land and not to blow inside of you and fill you up. So he blew into Adam and Adam became a living soul. He became aware of himself. This brings me to my first point. That God has always desired a family. He has always desired a family. He was God by himself, but he says, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be by myself. I want to create a people that would be my people. 
Therefore, he started the family. He created Adam. And when he blew into Adam, that became the breath of life for Adam. That leads me to the first word that I want to teach you today. The Greek word for father is called pater. Pater. What that simply means is that pater is the imparter of life. Adam was just a corpse. Adam was just a mold until pater, the father, breathed into him the breath of life. Not only is it, does it mean that he's the imparter of life, but it also means that he is the source. He's the source of life. Somebody say he's the source. God, our father, is pater. And pater simply means he's the one that gives life and he is the source. 1 Corinthians 8 and 6, it says, Yet for us there is only one God, the Father, who is the what? The source of all things and for whom we have life. And one Lord, Jesus Christ, through and by whom are all things and through and by whom we ourselves exist. I thank God for Pater because he breathed in us the breath of life. Now, he always desired this family. And you can go through Genesis and you'll start seeing where he he points out to Israel. He says, hey, guess what? You're going to be my people. And I'm going to be your God. I want to go ahead and make this very clear to Israel. You are my people. I have chosen you to be my people. And guess what? I have appointed myself to be your God. Now, isn't that amazing? That he chose us. He chose Israel to say, I want to be your father. He has always desired a family. But here's where it got tricky. When Adam and Eve decided to eat of the fruit, they invited sin into the camp. And Pastor Che really taught this word on God is light. The sin separated us from the father. It changed the dynamic of the family. So that's point two. The family dynamic changed. When the family dynamic changed, I want you to hear the heart of God. It hurt him. Because he had created Adam and Eve to walk with him. To talk with him. To fellowship with him. But when the dynamic changed, there was something standing in between God and his children. There was something standing in between God and his son. Something standing in between God and his daughter. His heart never changed. The dynamics changed. He never stopped loving. But there was something that was keeping him from reaching I'm trying to get to them. I'm trying to, I'm trying to have this close knit relationship. Isaiah 59 and two, it says, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened at all. It's not that his hands got like T-Rex hands. (laughs) He says, behold, the Lord's hands has not shortened at all that it cannot save nor his ear dull with deafness that it cannot hear. But watch this. But it was what? Your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. 
for your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquities. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue mutters wickedness. God's desire for family remained, although the dynamics of the relationship changed. I want you to get this point. God's desire for family remained, although the dynamic of the relationship changed. Now, I just told you how he looked at Israel and says, hey, you're my people. Hey, I'm your God. You would think that the children of Israel would have been called the children of God. But they were always referred to as the children of Israel. Now, you my people, and I'm your God. But the dynamics changed. You will be called the children of disobedience, the children of Israel. Now, this leads me to my third point. This was breaking the heart of the father. And I don't know if anyone's ever had a child ever stripped away from you. But when you have a child that's taken away from you, I don't think that feels good. I don't think some of y'all can't even deal with a date night. (laughs) leaving your child at home and you all in the date just uh, I wonder if Billy's okay I I hope they're giving him his medicine Uh, I hope they're putting him to bed because you know it's gonna mess up everything would you just pay attention to this movie and let's go ahead and enjoy the date night God is even more of a father and a parent than you are and therefore the separation was causing him some pain in his heart so it leads me to point three point three is the father wanted his family back Look at somebody and say, he wanted me back. See, that's the thing the enemy don't want you to know today. He doesn't want you to know that you have already been accepted. He only wants you to focus on the fact that you have been rejected, rejected by what you have done, rejected by your um, earthly father, earthly mother. He wants to make you feel rejected at all times. But I come to tell you this morning that God wanted his family back. And not only did he want it back, he still wants you back. There's somebody who came in here this morning. I'm telling you, you feel like God is mad at you, that God won't talk to you. You've done too much wrong in your life. I come to break the lies of the enemy. No, he wants you back. He wants fellowship back. He wants you to pray to him. He wants you to talk to him. He wants to be in your life. He wants to be involved in your workplace. He wants his family back. Now, I want you to I want you to see this. We're reading out of the Amplified Version, John 3.16. We know that by heart. But watch this. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world. Say, that's me. That he even gave up his only begotten, unique, what? Stop. He was so engulfed with love with us that the one thing that was still holy the one thing that was still righteous the one thing that was still undefiled the one thing that was still pure the one thing that was still right and in right standing he gave that up just for us I want, I, want, I, want, I want to just show you something. I'm going to use Pastor Evan as an example because we all know who heaven is and we all know who Landon is, right? It's almost as if Pastor Evan so loved us that he was willing 
to sacrifice heaven for Carla. He so loved us that he was willing to sacrifice Landon for Salah. The one thing that he physically owns, something that's really dear to his heart, he loved us so much that he gave something that was already in relationship for someone who was out of relationship. Y'all not hearing me. I understand that you would do something for your son. I understand that you would kill for your son. John Q. I know you would go to the ends of the world for your child, but sometimes we wouldn't do anything for these snotty-nosed little people that we don't know. I'm not dying for them. Let's be real. Some of you can't even stand people you sit next to at work. Are you talking about dying for somebody? God says, I love you so much that I gave up the one thing that was pure and I allowed it to become dirty for you. For God, watch this. Oh, this is the part I really want to get to. He says, um, so that whosoever believes in. I want us to really see this word believe. That means to trust in, cling to, rely on. Say that with me. Trust in, cling to, rely on. It's more than just head knowledge that the father is seeking. The father desires this relationship that we would trust him. Oh, it's easy to sing that song. You are my refuge. You are my fortress. God, I will trust you. But let me tell you something about the difference between faith and trust. Faith is really something you possess. I possess this knowledge of God. Therefore, I am standing on this faith. I believe this is my faith. Matter of fact, Christianity is my faith. So it's something about believing in God. But trust is actually the action part of faith. It's faith in action, basically. It's faith in action. It's the verb form of faith. So basically, you can't faith it till you make it. You got to trust until you make it. And what God is saying in this moment, he says, I want my children to trust me. I want relationship enough to trust. But watch this. Without relationship, it's hard to trust. Ooh. Ah, that's why you don't tell all your business to people you don't trust. And I don't get the chance to trust you until I can break bread with you. I don't get a chance to trust you until you open up your scars and you show me what's inside of there. And then I kind of open up my scars and I, I show you bit by bit because trust is earned. God says, I want to fellowship with you. I'm your father. I'm Pater. I want you to see what breaks my heart so that I can... I want intimacy with you. I want you to trust me. I want you to cling to me. Some of you have a clinging problem, but it's with the wrong person. Ooh, that wasn't in my notes, but it was for somebody. That's why you keep calling them all day, every night. That's why you send a million text messages. Hey, what you doing? Hey, what you doing? Hey, what you doing? Hey, you still busy? You still working? Why don't you put the phone down? 
put the phone down. And how about you get on your knees and say, Father, what you doing? (laughs) Hey, 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 God, what are you doing today? Matter of fact, do you want me to do something for you? Can I do something for you? Because he wants you to be clingy. He wants you to cling to him. The last part of the relationship, he wants you to rely on him, rely, to rely on him. Man, isn't it so amazing how we put so much faith in who we are and what we can do in our resources. We put faith in what we have. And God says, don't put faith in what you have. Let me be pater. Let me be the source of everything that you need. That's the kind of relationship the father wants. For verse 17 says, for God did not send his son into the world. I love this. In order to judge, in order to reject, in order to condemn, in order to pass sentence on. He didn't do that. But for that the world might find salvation and be made safe and sound through him. God wanted his people back. There's a point that I want to leave you with on this part. It says God sent his perfect son to save his imperfect siblings. This is why pride just don't go well in the church anymore. It's why we can't be arrogant and say that we love God. It's why we can't be arrogant and say that we're believers. Because we are imperfect people. It was a perfect son that came down to save imperfect siblings. And for that, we lift our hands and we worship. There's something I want you also to see, that God was all in on his plan to get us back. He was all in. Like, he didn't kind of halfway commit, (laughs) kind of like how we do with our tithes and offering, our attendance and serving, and loving and forgiving everyone. No, he didn't do that. He stepped all the way in. He says, this is a mission impossible. Nah, this is mission God possible. I am coming to do what no one else said could be done. I'm coming to get my family back. You know, I could almost see it like, you know, um, God calling up the devil like, I know where you are. <laughs> you remember that Taken movie? <laughs> Every time I think about that guy, I'm like, that's God right there. He's like, I know where you are and I'm coming to get you. That's how adamant God was about saving you. He was all in. It leads me to my fourth point. What is the purpose of God doing all of this? Sending Jesus to come and to die for us. And this is the premise where we worship our God. This is all the the things that we talk about. This is the relationship. This is what we, we deal with. What is the point of all of this happening if he doesn't tell us the whole reason why we're here? So the last part is, is that the father wants you to know your rights. (laughs) I love this part because daddy is coming with some benefits. You know, my father, man, he's been preaching for a long time. He's been preaching for a long time. And, you know, the old people, they used to say stuff like this. Um, I don't need insurance. Time out. Actually, you do. Okay. But that's not the point. I don't need insurance. I got blessed assurance. And he'll just walk away. 
It took some time before I really understood what he was really meaning by that. (laughs) What he realized was that insurance only covered me so far. Insurance only covered my body so far. Insurance only did that. And guess what? I still had to pay a deductible. Assurance says, you know what? I got all of it taken care of. Put it all on me. You can save your $2.50. You don't need it. God comes with benefits. But I want you to hear this today. God is reaffirming your identity. Somebody say identity. Identity is found in three questions. The first question is, who am I? Who am I? God came back to restore this relationship between him and his children so that he may tell you who you are. And not only who you are, but who you aren't. Because let me tell you something. It's okay to hear who I am. But sometimes I need to be reaffirmed in who I am not. Oh, when you have lived a life full of lying and people have labeled you a liar, the Holy Spirit comes into your life and says, you know what? I know you had a lying problem, but don't worry about it. You're not a liar. Oh, people have called you a cheat. People have called you a dog. People have called you low class. People have said you are just like your daddy. And I come to tell you sometimes God has to reaffirm your identity. And the way that he does it is by telling you that you're my son, you're my daughter. And guess what? You are not a liar. You are not a cheat. You are not the sum of your parents' mistakes. I thank God that he told me who I am, but I'm even more grateful that he told me who I'm not. Because <laughs> if I waited on people to tell me who I am, I'll be old and decrepit before they finally told me you're a son of the God. You're a son of the child. You're a child of God. Thank you, Father, for telling us who we are in you. God will also tell you how he feels about you. Listen. Fathers naturally have this voice of just affirmation and validation. It's cool when women tell, you know, your sons and your, you know, grandsons, oh, you did good, baby. You did good. You did good out there on that field. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You you ran through the goalposts. What? What? I ran through the goalposts. What? But it's something about when the father comes in. You know, you know, son, I'm proud of you. I see you, boy. Chest getting a little bigger right there. Yeah. Be hitting them weights, ain't you, boy? I see you. You got them daddy forearms, just them man arms right here. It puts something in his inside of him that makes him stand a little bit taller. So the next time he go out there on the field, he like, yeah, daddy said this. Daddy said that. So when I feel that daddy's proud of me, I just walk different. I don't know about you, but when I feel like daddy's proud of me, I just talk different. I get my step back. I start walking with a little confidence. And when I step up to the enemy, I'm no longer looking down and looking depressed and, and worried about what I don't have. I turn around and I say, wait, daddy got my back. Daddy out there cheering for me. Daddy out there rooting me on. Daddy saying, get up, boy. You can do it. Get up, boy. You can do it. Look at your neighbor and say, daddy got my back. Woo! Daddy got my back. He tells me how he feels. How can he do that? 
He's touched with the feelings of our infirmity. So therefore, when we feel sad, he knows how to be joy. Woo! When we lost something in our life, he knows how to come in and feel it. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's the one who sees. But not only can he see, he's the one who fills up. He's the one who provides. So when he see you with the need, he just doesn't see you with the need. He comes in and supply whatever that need is. Woo! He said, I feel this way for you. I so greatly love you. That's why you better be careful how you talk about me. Woo! You better be careful what you say because I'm daddy's favorite. And when daddy likes me, he loves me. He looks after me. He covers me. He fights for me. He comes on my side. He, he's in my team. He's on my corner. Woo! Look at somebody and say, you don't want none. That was the wrong person. They ain't got enough attitude. Look at somebody and say, you don't want none. That's what, the, that's what God wants you to know today. You don't want none of this. I belong to God. Sickness don't want you. I come to prophesy right now. Sickness don't want you. Sickness can't handle you. Sickness can't hold you. You belong to God. Woo! Depression has to let you go in the name of Jesus. Right now in the name of Jesus, depression has to loose you. Because he don't want none of that. You belong to God. That's how he feels about you. He loves you so much that there's nothing he wouldn't do. Lastly, on that part, God would tell you his plan for your future. He has a way of telling you his plan for your future. I love Jeremiah 29 11 because <laughs> we all know it, right? For I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you, said the Lord. There are thoughts and plans of good, not evil, to give you hope and an expected end. That sounds so good, right? Oh, it's so amazing. Oh, it's so amazing. The issue that I have with this whole situation here is that, God, it took you 29 chapters to tell me that. <laughs> I done been rejected. They done threw me away. And that wasn't 29 days. I want you to understand. This wasn't 29 days. This, I don't know how long the time span was, but let me just say it like this. It was a while. God allowed Jeremiah to go through all this rejection for so long, and then he finally says, hey, I know the plans I have for you. Because the plans that you think are your plans, I'm telling you, you will not find them outside of me. I'm the one that has the plan. That's why you have to stay connected. Because I won't tell you everything up front. You got to stay with me and walk with me. I'm your father. I'm going to lead you into a place of truth. But you got to stay with me. You got to stay on my hip. Somebody say cling to him. When you cling to him, therefore, when he moves, you move like that. And when he moves like this, you move like that. And when he moves like this, you move like that. And even when he tells you to back up, you back up like that. Why? Because you're walking with him and you're talking with him. And he knows what's best. Woo. John, first John three, it says, see what an incredible quality of love the father has given, shown, bestowed on us that we should be permitted to be named, woo, called and counted children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know you, recognize, acknowledge us is that it does not know, recognize, acknowledge him. Beloved, we are even here and now God's children. 
it is not yet disclosed, made clear what we shall be hereafter. He has the plan. But we do know this, that when he comes and is manifested, we shall, as God's children, resemble and be like him. For we shall see him just as he really is. Identity. And the last part that I want to lead you with is God did all of this to make sure we understood that we have an inheritance. We have an inheritance. Galatians 4, it says, what I am saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. I want you to understand something. When you are an infant in God, the enemy will try to confuse your mind to make you feel as if you are so distant from God that you're not a part of his kingdom, that you're not a part of his family. And therefore, you are compared to as an infant who owns it all, but just don't know it. Could it be that today you have the right to be healed? But because you're still processing life as a slave, because you're still processing life as a stepson, an unwanted stepson, Could it be that you have the right to prosperity, but because you still think like a slave and you're still acting like a slave and the enemy has enslaved your mind to the point where you think this is all I'm supposed to have right here in this box. So I'll stay right here. I won't do anything. I won't open my mouth. I know pastor says confess. I know he says make your daily confessions. Ah, but you know what? I'm okay. I have enough money to make it. I have enough this. I have enough that. And the reason why you're still stuck here It's because you have not received sonship. You have not received your inheritance. The inheritance is more than just money. It's more than money because I understand they say money answers all things. But listen, there's just some stuff that I don't know. Some stuff I don't need the money. I need time back. Ooh, you can keep your money. Give me my time back. <laughs> I invested time and it's like them the years that I feel like I can't get back. God says, I love you so much that I'm the redeemer of time too. I will restore unto you the years that the canker worm, the palmer worm, and all them bugs that ate out of your life. I will give it back. Touch your neighbor and say, God's giving it back. But he's not giving me time back just to waste. He's giving me time back to fellowship with him. He's giving me time so that I can spend time back with him so that I don't have to worry. Can I tell you something right now in my last 40 seconds? God is about to financially bless you, but not just because you can get a nice car, live in a nice house. He doesn't want you worried about bills. He doesn't want you worried about all that stuff. He wants you to come into his presence, lift up your hands, worship him freely. You don't have to worry about the light bill. You don't have to worry about the car note. You ain't got to worry about the rent. All you got to do is come into his presence. Lift up your hands and worship him in spirit and in truth. Somebody give God a shout of praise in this place. Father God, you're redeeming the time. You're redeeming the time. But you're redeeming it for purpose. He says, I'm about to do all of these things. I'm about to bless you. I'm about to give you houses and cars and all that. 
But I'm doing this because I want time with my son and my daughters. Woo, Father God, we love you. Come on, just lift those hands up right now where you are. Woo. Pater is in the building. Pater is in the building. He's imparting life into you right now. He is the source of your life right now. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I found, leaves the night, the night. I couldn't earn I don't deserve Still you give yourself away Oh, the overwhelming Never-ending Reckless love of God Perhaps you are in here for the first time Or perhaps you've had a relationship with God and that relationship has been broken. But this morning, God is calling his children back home. I didn't get to it, but it it basically said later on in the chapter that God basically adopted us back. And now we are sons and daughters. And there's someone in here that's probably been running away for a long time. You've been running away from your father. But Pater is saying, I want my son back. I want my daughter back. If you're in this building today and you want to receive the Lord back into your heart.